Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Well, thanks for joining us for Q&A. This is your opportunity to send in questions, so you'll see the numbers up on the screen. You can text them in and We'll have some time this morning to answer those questions. And we have quite a few that have already come in. Imagine that. I know. So we'll go ahead and get questions rolling. Questions about the millennium. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the things of mystery, right? Yes. Um, first question here is actually about uh, Paul's reference when he's writing to the church at Corinth. Would wow. the church at Corinth have known about the millennium and understood Paul's reference in 1 Corinthians 6 two? Certainly. Um, it seems like he... Ass- let me say it this way. Um, <clears throat> the way he references it, it certainly he assumes knowledge. Mm. Um, so it, in the f- first five chapters, he doesn't teach about the end times, but again, that doesn't mean that they had not been those those truths had not been taught. So uh, I can only say he he writes by what seems like an assumption mm-hmm. that they have mm-hmm. background there. Yes, otherwise it wouldn't have made any sense to him. Right. Um, next question here: Would we have any feelings of regret or remorse for what we didn't accomplish for Christ, or when we see things burn up that we thought were for God? Ah, oh. so that's a reference really to last, to last week's week's question. Yes. Um, the if you missed last week and you're listening now. We spoke from 1 Corinthians 3 specifically last week as it relates to believers standing before or appearing, we don't know if we're standing, appearing before the judgment seat of Christ where our deeds will be tested for the quality. It's not our salvation is on the line, but what we have done uh, will, as believers for the Lord, will be tested as were they for the Lord or for ourselves, were they done in love or not done in love, and um, and for recognition or not recognition. So that was a quick synopsis of last week. So the question is, is there going to be regret? Mm-hmm. Um, is there gonna, yes, feelings well, of regret or remorse for what we didn't accomplish. I don't know. I don't... Uh, can, can you have remorse or regret... And it not, but still have joy in what is. Uh, I don't want to communicate that in some way there is a a lack of joy, a lack of um, pleasure at being in the presence of the Lord. So will there be a desire? There's not going to be envy or jealousy that some got things that we didn't have, but. Um, so the way we normally think of regret. Probably not, but if you can have a sense of, oh man, I wish, uh, I wish I would have done more out of joy. Uh, if that makes sense, uh, that would be, that would seem, that would seem to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. That uh, wow, a longing for more versus a a shame or regret from what is. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. You think about. The- praising of the Lord, and the more would be more opportunity to glorify mm. and praise Him. Yeah, if, you, if, if you're if you a parent and you wanted to give something to your children, 
and you joyfully give what you have, but you have this sense of, oh, man, I, I wish I could have even had more to give uh, without then some shame or like sorrow, that sort of thing. I don't think there's sorrow or shame, a desire for capacity for more, maybe. But in a in the in a good sense, not in a sinful, uh, mournful sense. Right, out of love, not yeah, yeah. wanting yeah. for yourself. Um, so, switching back to this week's uh, message, where does it state in the Bible his robe is dipped in blood? Uh, well, it's it's stated it clearly. I read it. Um, Matthew, excuse Matthew, Matthew, Revelation nineteen. And um, verse 13, he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So that's where it states it there. If the question is, where does it say in Genesis 15 that his robe is dipped in blood, it does, it does not say that. That's why I try to be very clear that maybe what uh, is being referenced here is a result of what happened in Genesis 15. But that's a that's a maybe. Mm. Doesn't say in Genesis 15 that his robe is dipped in blood. But if you walked through that mess, your robe would be dipped in blood. Think right. of think of walking through the grass in the m- morning after a heavy dew. Mm-hmm. And how your your shoes kind of get wet, and even the bottom of your pants, if you're a guy, the pants uh, could pick up that moisture. Mm-hmm. That's what would have happened as he walked through. Mm-hmm. Which would have been like the effect of something blood. dipped. Yeah. yeah. Um, question here about the millennium. When we as believers reign with Jesus, who will we reign over? Yeah, good question. Um, will we reign over one of one another? Uh, in the sense of, if you think uh, that there are governors of, there's a governor of the state of Florida, and then there's a bunch of mayors throughout, and so will we have some ruling over one another? Maybe. Uh, again, there won't be jealousy in that or division in that. We'll, we'll be in our perfect bodies there will also be the reigning over those who are, because remember, the best of our understanding, there will be those who came to Christ in, in the uh, tribulation who are not martyred and who are not destroyed at the second coming of Christ, because those who are destroyed at the second coming are only those who have not repented and believed. And so... All of those folks will enter in, best of our understanding, into the millennium, and therefore they will be in this new world order, but living in physical bodies now. Again, our understanding would be because of the new world order and the binding of Satan and the presence of God, a flourishing that returns, and so those folks may indeed live for the entire time of the millennium because of the conditions on the earth, bearing children. And so uh, that that is who it would seem. Again, I don't mind saying that. It would seem that 
we will rule and reign. That's what we know. Who? I just surmised who would that be over, but it does not say. So that's what I would guess. Uh, over one another, under the uh, kingship of Jesus, and then uh, over those who are still in their physical bodies, but living under the kingship of Jesus as well. So a question here about those who don't know Christ. If someone dies now without Christ, what happens yeah. to their souls between now and the second resurrection? Yeah, that is uh, our understanding would be they are not in the presence of the Lord. Uh, they are separated from the Lord, maybe in a place called Hades, and uh, the place of the dead. They will participate, and this is... Uh, what we'll look at next week in the last half of Revelation 20, they'll be raised for judgment at the great white throne. But currently now, I think that uh, they're in the place of the dead. They're not yet in the lake of fire, hmm. where the it seems that uh, the false prophet and the Antichrist uh, that we read about this morning are the first inhabitants of the lake of fire, but they will be joined uh, without getting ahead of ourselves. We'll see who they get joined with next week. Hmm. Um, question about the survivors of the tribulation. If the survive survivors of the tribulation will be living during the tribulation, will part of our responsibilities be evangelism during that time? In the millennium? That, that might be what they... Yeah, it says tribulation twice, but it might be millennium is the second part. Yeah, because our understanding is we would not be here during the mm -hmm. tribulation. We would return. Right. So as part of our ruling and reigning evangelism, uh, again, this is where it gets really fuzzy in my own mind. Uh, will there be evangelism? Well, there will be the present rule and reign of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so uh, will there be any death in the millennium? It would seem that where there is rebellion to the reign of Christ in the millennium, that will be immediately dealt with. So it seems that all who are born in the millennium until the very end when Satan is released, that all who dwell in the millennium and live are followers of Jesus. So does that mean that we have part of our responsibility of evangelism? Potentially so. Hmm. But but I can't imagine there being 400-year-olds in the millennium who have not yet uh, bowed the knee and confessed with their mouth that Jesus is King of kings, Lord of lords. I think justice would have already been exercised upon them long before that. So uh, I think there will be – I don't think evangelism as we think of it now. Hmm. But that is a, that's really sketchy, and I don't mind saying that's sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, additional millennium question. Since Jesus says the greatest in the kingdom of heaven would become the least and serve others, could the reigning of the righteous in the millennium refer to serving others? 100%. Our, yeah, if we think of ruling and reigning, let's not think of lording it over of some unrighteous king who has servants who feed them while they're lazy, loud, and unproductive. No, I think uh, part of our reigning will be, uh, yes, and I think that will be true in the new heaven and the new earth that 
that we will be serving him and we will be loving. By serving him, we will be serving others. Yes, for sure on that one. <laughs> <laughs> not a fuzzy on that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm not fuzzy sure. on that one. Yes. Again, how that looks in terms of yeah. government and all of that, but yes, in righteousness, we will serve one another. Hmm. It is interesting to think about how that could be different, but yet still that heart behind serving to be able to yeah. worship in that way. I, I hope to try to unpack that a little bit more fully in two weeks when we look at heaven, because the more I have uh, tried to unpack, the more excited it makes me for heaven. I, I must admit that I have such a uh, anticipation for what heaven will be like that I look forward to the millennium, but it seems so, uh, so many questions around it. It's hard for me to imagine. So honestly, for me, I've done a little bit of a, a leapfrog over anticipation mm -hmm. of the millennium to anticipation of heaven because not because I don't need to justify myself. I think this will. I think it'll be much, much, much better. But it'll be no comparison to life on the new heaven and the new earth, because it's going to be a wrecked place when we first in when we first return. Hmm. You cannot read what we read in Revelation six through eighteen in the tribulation and not see that the oceans are going to be destroyed, the rivers are going to be destroyed, humanity will largely be destroyed, the green things. The I mean that the. the Earth is going to be a wreck, kind of like if you can imagine what Egypt was like after the ten plagues. Mm. Uh, translate that to the full Earth, and, and I think the beauty of the millennium will be the participation of restoring uh, back to. And I don't think it's going to be immediately the garden. The Garden of Eden. I think the the privilege, and this will get a, the privilege of restoring of doing that work will be part of our greatest joy in the millennium. Because hmm. serving will not be like ah, what I have to I have to do the serving. Why didn't somebody else do the serving? Don't ever <laughs> think ruling is getting other people to serve. Ruling in righteousness is serving. That will be interesting. Yes, Just thinking it about will. seeing things come back to the way God had intended yeah. and designed them to be. Yeah, it it's won't be like, picture. no, you shovel, no, you shovel. No, I want a shovel. Give me the shovel. All right, give me the shovel. I'll pick the weeds. I'll move the rocks. <laughs> Hopefully, no weeds. Hopefully, no weeds. That would be that would be great. An ideal gardening situation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, if there is no Satan in the thousand years, why would there be a rebellion? Because he is released um, at the end of the thousand years. So uh, tune in next week, and we will get to the final battle and the final judgment next week. It really is an intense story. If you, yeah. I mean, true, fantastic. Yes, but it's like, whoa, yeah. what's going to happen next? <laughs> well, but we know. We know. Uh, we know. Uh, how the scenes play out, well, we know outcomes. Yes. What it's going to look like. I mean, again, you think battle, and then you go... Well, is there any battle or does the Lord just, the sword coming out, does he just speak? He's if he done, can say, yeah. be still to wind and waves and they stop, he can say, be dead to all the unrighteous and they be dead. Right. I mean, there is the story in Isaiah 36, 37, 38, that time frame where the Assyrian, I believe it's the Assyrian army is surrounding uh, Jerusalem. 
And they wake up the next morning and 185,000 of them are dead and nobody was out there swinging swords. Yeah, nobody moved. No. Uh, they were alive when they went to bed and when the Israelites went to bed and the Assyrians were dead when they woke up. So I don't think it's going to be bloody in that regard. Right. There's going to be death and overcoming, but I don't know there'll be bloody in that regard. Mm. There we go. Got to love a good timer. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your questions. We do appreciate you sending them in and would encourage you to consider Financial Peace University. You can find all the information on our website if you have any questions. So I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.